Hi, I'm Charlotte de Courcy Bailey. Welcome to Mindset for Health, Tales of Extraordinary People. This is a podcast about the power of a human decision and the incredible ability of the mind to guide you on your journey through life, equipped with the skills to tackle adversity and to overcome setbacks. We are real stories with a little bit of science. Hi everybody, welcome to Mindset for Health Tales of Extraordinary People. I'm Charlotte DeCourcy Bailey and my guest today is Mel Brody. Mel is a certified life coach and organizational coach. With 23 years experience in senior leadership roles, she's journeyed from corporate burnout to improved health and vitality, joy and life balance. She provides one-on-one and group coaching, 28-day programs and workshops focusing on stress management, mood and mindset, work-life balance and elevating energy. Mel's superpower is helping people to cut through the noise and clutter of our busy modern world and to develop a balance toolkit that shifts them from surviving to thriving. Welcome, Mel. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I really enjoyed the preparation work for our interview today and I know you've got some amazing pointers for our, for our listeners. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. I really appreciate uh, it's it. It's an honour. Um, I love the perspective that you're taking with, with your podcast and it's a, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Um, well, I'll dive straight in and I'll ask you please to take us on that journey from where you were before mm. birth, how it was, <laughs> what had got you to that place and how it was impacting on you and family, friends and colleagues as well. Uh, yes. So uh, my, I stand before you or sit before you a very um, different person than I was uh, three and a half, four years ago now, uh, where I was really on the cusp of complete exhaustion and burnout and I had uh, got myself into some very bad uh, habits over the years with the level of the way I was working, um, the way I was living and the extent of things that I was taking on upon myself and I was uh, I'm described as being in the sandwich generation. So at this particular point in my life, I was looking after and raising a young family as well as looking after a couple of sets of um, elderly parents that had some significant health issues. Uh, at that time, I was at the peak of my executive career uh, with a team uh, and, you know, really enjoying being of service in all the areas of my life but they all were congregating at that one point in time and there was only so much of me to go around and the wheels started to fall off and physically mentally emotionally life wasn't feeling fun anymore Uh, there was just that sense of feeling on a treadmill that I couldn't get off that was just speeding up and up and up. And I just literally couldn't see a way out for myself and my family. And um, I just felt like I was burnt out crisp. And I'd started to have heart palpitations. I started to puff all the time, uh, literally running from meeting to meeting and appointment to appointment. And um, it had started to really take its toll. And I needed to see a heart specialist at that point. And what was what was he talking to you about? Well, um, as I started to learn more about 
the impact of stress on the body, we, we identify that, you know, the, it places stress on the heart as being one of the significant things that it can do um, over a period of time. And so stress was the main cause of these heart palpitations. Um, you know, I learned a lot about how, how I was living and working was flooding my body with constant adrenaline and cortisol and non-cortisol. And I was living in this um, hyped up state to get done what I needed to do all the time. And it was taking its toll. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, I was lashing out at people, but I definitely wasn't present with anyone in my life because uh, I always had one eye on the clock, whoever I was talking to, and um, it, it's just not a, it's not a nice way to live. No, very difficult. Or and be, not rewarding yeah. for you and not rewarding for those around you. Yeah, That's it. Um, I'm certainly somebody that used to pride myself on having a joyful spirit and I'd felt that, that I'd lost that part of myself along the way. And I think this is a, a common story in 21st century living, um, not just for mums with kids and families, as you said, that sandwich, but for guys as well. Um, what, what decisions do you think you've made in the past that have got you to mm. there, or what beliefs do you held, you know, were you holding about yourself that mm. was situating this situation, making it hard to get off the treadmill? Yeah. Well, as you say, uh, and I mentioned at the beginning, like this was a patterns that had emerged over years. It took me years to get to that point. And actually some of the worst habits I formed when I was um, a single person and I would uh, be at work and, and some of the societal expectations that I grew up in as I, I left uni were, you know, be the hardest working person in the room to get noticed um, you know, you want something done, give it to a busy person. And it started to create these beliefs around, um, you know, busy is productive, busy is great, um, always give, 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 um, take on more, give them more than what they ask. And that over-delivering, over-servicing, over-using my resources. Um, and there was a payoff, so that got me, I started from the bottom of the ladder in the, in the corporate world, you know, literally being the photocopy girl after I left uni and worked my way up. And, and that approach worked for me. And there, so there was a payoff. Yeah. Um, and I would find myself making plans, um, you know, after work to do something for me and then something would come off and somebody else would go, oh, well, I've got to go get my kids from school or I've got to go do this or I've got to go do that. And you know, I would accept taking on that work and that responsibility so that somebody else could go off and fulfil their responsibilities because I believe that theirs was more important than mine. And so those putting other people's needs before my own came sort of deeply entrenched at those points. Um, and then when I had my own family and my own life and my own health and things I needed to take care of that I needed to prioritise, I got bogged and mired down in, in some really bad ways of thinking and operating that I really need to, do, to just shift. Yeah, very, very challenging and very hard to unwind because it becomes part of your identity. It, it defines you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. Um, who, who are you if you're not being of service to others? Who are you if you're not taking on things, showing initiative, um, delivering, over-delivering, um, over-achieving, those sorts of habits, yeah, are typical of the path to burnout 
um, yeah. from my own experience from, from, and also how I've been helping clients mm-hmm. make shifts along the way as well. And I think um, very much in corporate world because the work is there continually, I would imagine, mm. I've been in that situation, but also in small business where the small business owner takes on more and more and feels that they have to fulfil on this because their identity is attached to the business so in in many worlds so i want our listeners to understand this isn't just about corporate burnout from being in a big corporate organization but this happens in so many different things so true and the risks for myself have emerged Um, i left i made a conscious decision to leave the corporate world Mm -hmm. to take a leap of faith after you know 23 years of being in in state government i took a leap of faith um, and made that pause went and got trained as a coach um, and built my own business. And those very same habits, you know, you got to watch out for them because you take yourself with you wherever you are. And you're absolutely right. Uh, becoming the face of your business where you're both the marketing person, the salesperson, the accounts person, um, as well as the, you know, the deliverer. You've got to be all things to keep the business going. So it's a challenge in small business or any business endeavour and it's the mindset that you bring to it um, that is the, the, the key determining factor, I believe. Thank you. So talk us through that decision. You saw the cardiac specialist. I know there's a family history as well that would have yes, been right. playing on your mind. So how did these things come about and actually lead you to take that step into, well, such a, a very dramatic step, as you said, after yeah. three years in government to move away from that yeah so um, my brother passed away with heart issues at age 36 so you know my my personal wake-up call was sitting in that doctor's surgery and hearing that what I was experiencing physically was a result of of stress and I just knew that if I wanted to be here (laughs) much longer I needed to make a drastic change and make it now and you know and I did you know I put in place some strategies i engaged a coach to to start helping me to unravel and extract myself from um the situation that i was in and starting to shift out and then once the decision was made there was no turning back and then you know within a few days of leaving my job i was in training as a coach came certified and opened up my business a few months later but um, i love the expression by um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who says she's never seen any life transformation um, that begins unless someone gets sick of their own BS. And that was the point I got to. It was just enough's enough. My line in the sand had been drawn and um, I just intuitively knew there is another way to live and work and be and it's not about, you know, becoming a burnt-out crisp and shell of your former self. And I think people do get to that point and yet there is a fear or a resistance to stepping into the abyss. So what was it for you that really allowed you to go, okay, this is it, take that step? Yeah. So for me, I, um, I've been a big um, believer and, and have engaged in personal development for, you know, as long as I can remember. So, you know, early 20s. Um, and what sort of gets in the way of 
of being your best self and being able to listen to your intuition is that busy treadmill that we're on. And so I, I mentioned that I intuitively knew that there had to be a better way to live and work. And as I started to work with a coach who encouraged me to create opportunities for space, to breathe, like it's amazing just how taking a few deep breaths and actually pausing, you know, even just for a minute, I call them mindful minutes, even just for a minute, your body can settle, you can return to your centre, you can return to yourself. And then you can start to notice things going on around you. Your brain has time to catch up to what's going on, being able to be open to opportunities, to see things clearly, to see things differently. And it was through that lens um, that... I started to look around and be open to synchronicities so I could see the doors opening. And when my coach that I'd worked with for five years came back with this new particular form of life coaching called soul coaching, um, and she was then trained to deliver it in Australia, and she opened it up, and I just knew that that was my door. This was my path. Beautiful. And unless you create space and gaps to pause, to breathe, to reflect, I don't think you can see the same opportunities that, that, that are around you. And, in fact, you've just got tunnel vision on. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I really want the listeners to, to hear what Mel just said there, the, the mindful minute. Beautiful. Thank you. But, yes, stopping and breathing, taking yourself out of fight and flight in that moment, down into what, my clients hear me talk about all the time, the parasympathetic, trying to get you out of that sympathetic drive so that you can actually pause for a moment and be aware of what's around you. Yeah. yeah. And then once again, universe delivers. If you're open to receive, synchronicity brings you the answers, but you have to be open to be able to see it. So, yes, taking That's that good. pause. So tell us a little bit about soul coaching. We haven't had a soul coach on our podcast. So please. Ah. Well, it's a great honour. There's a few of us around now um, in Australia, but I was one of the first um, trained in this modality. Soul coaching was developed by um, the Hay House author, um, writer, speaker, Denise Lynn. And Denise basically developed this form of life coaching after studying the Indigenous cultures around the world. and really stripping back life to a holistic point of view, uh, the mind, the body, the spirit, uh, coming back to the elements um, in nature, um, air, water, fire um, and earth and representing the mental, emotional, spiritual and physical aspects of self. And so this particular form of soul coaching is, is, is about helping people to go on a journey within themselves where we believe everyone has the answers within themselves and it's about you know a great coach just helps somebody to to access and find those answers and to shine a light on blind spots and to things that you can't see when you're in it when you're stuck in the the quagmire you can't see your own stuff um, and so soul coaching is about asking really great, hopefully great, insightful questions that lead people to the answers for themselves, having regard to the mind, body, spirit and the holistic approach to, to life and, and living um, in that spiritual sense. 
Wonderful. And yes, I completely agree. I mean, obviously, as a holistic dentist, I try and look at everything holistically. Yes. And yeah, teasing out aspects of what's wor not working in your life doesn't work. We have to go back to the whole situation and working on just one area and trying to fix yes. it without for everything else is possibly doomed to failure. And I imagine as well from, you know, if somebody presents with a symptom or they think they have the solution and what I love is going, okay, so they've come to me this about this, but from what we know about coaching, it's usually not that. That's a symptom of something else that's deeper, more ingrained, and, and this is just the symptom rather than the cause or the root cause, yeah. In dentistry, we often talk about um, referred pain. So people feel the pain in a different spot. Okay. It's, it's got to be the same in coaching. You know, you present with the symptom, it's referred pain from something that's way, way, way deeper than you yeah. yeah, that's it. That's great analogy, yeah. Um, how has your journey sculpted the person that you are now? So what's different about the Mel of now to the Mel of four or five years ago? Well, I've definitely done a lot of work to unravel my own BS beliefs. And look, what I know about myself and my life and my journey now is what I want others to know is that we're not just here to suck air and suffer in this game called life, that there is so much more to life and that there's a different way of being and living uh, and being of service and that... You know, it's okay to work hard at the things that we love and that we're passionate about, um, but there's ways of doing it that don't have to lead to burnout, that don't have to lead with you putting everyone else's needs first. Um, and in order to be of the highest level of service to others, which is a calling that, you know, all of us that are kind of drawn to this kind of work have, being of service to others, in being of service to others, we need to be of service to ourselves as well. So it's not about me first, it's about me too. Um, and looking after yourself in order so that you can keep giving and being of the highest service to others as well as yourself. It's very difficult to engage with people unless you're first engaged with yourself. Oh, God, that's and a great yeah, truism. Just don't, I find that people can't give to you if you don't know what it is that you want and that requires some of that introspection and understanding of your current situation and your mindset mm -hmm. Absolutely. i know you you have a beautiful analogy around the busy bee so please tell us what that is for people who know that they are locked into this how can they get some ten thousand foot view perhaps on on what's happening for them I love that term, the busy bee. And so um, the, the bee is a, is a great analogy. There's a recent Australian study done actually that has studied bees and, um, you know, noted that they go out foraging every day, they go out flitting from flower to flower and they, they're constantly moving, they're constantly buzzing and humming and being of service um, out in the world and they've got to overcome you know, challenges and fly long distances each day. And what the the study has shown that 
um, is, is that all this foraging and busyness has created a stress response in the bees and that, that over time this has led to the neurons in the, the brain changing, um, leading to a reduction in problem solving, um, which I thought was a great, um, a great analogy because just like bees, chronic stress leads us to have reduced problem-solving abilities, reduced mental capacities, um, and certainly it doesn't allow us to show up as our best selves. And so I like to think of it as chronic busy beeness and when we get caught up in that cycle. And it's about starting to unpack, you know, that it's not just how many things we tick off on our to-do list each day, it's who are we being mm -hmm. as we <laughs> go about that. And, you know, there's no point ticking the 20 things off your list each day if you've kicked the cat on the way out the door, you've, you know, given someone a gobful if they've cut you off in traffic and you're, you're screaming at your kids and, you're, you know, you've gone off because a colleague looked at you sideways. So that's not, that's not what things are about. And that can be, unfortunately, what happens when we're in that stress response is that we don't show up as our best self and our jerk-like sort of behaviours come out. And um, I know that there's a different way of living and being. And so starting to recognise when we're in busy bee mode and just take it, you know, there's some simple things that, that you can do to start to unravel that. Um, would now be a good time to share some of those? Please, share some of those things. Okay, so what I love about your podcast is obviously we know how important mindset is to how we approach things. And so I would say that the first step is to start with your mindset and to have a look at what this busyness is all about. Um, where are the old beliefs that you formed about your life, yourself, relationships, who, how you can be of service, um, that you have to be the hardest person working in the room, that your needs don't matter. Where did you form those beliefs and, and what is it that's impacting you and what is this busyness about? Sometimes busyness and serving others can be a distraction for taking a look at yourself and that reflection piece and doing the inner journey work um, and really looking at yourself and... Um, what's going on for you and doing that personal journey within. Um, and some of them is then just making a decision, as you've pointed out, you've got to make a decision that there's more to life than living like this, that you don't have to be all things to all people, that your life matters, your needs matter. What are you passionate about? What do you want your life to look like? And so from that point, we make the decision that we're going to do things differently in a different way. Um, and also recognising that in always stepping in to pick up other people's slack, you know, we, we could actually be preventing the very thing that enables that person to have their breakthrough um, and to get on and, and take responsibility for their stuff. So we want to let go of over-responsibility and over-giving as the basic patterns. And then just like simply and practically taking stock of what you've got on your plate. I always am a big believer in getting, out, you know, what's in your head out onto paper. Um, and I find it very freeing. And so whatever way you do it, I would do a brain dump. What have you got on? And then really starting to shift through the priorities of does this really need to be done at all? Does this really need to be done 
at this time? Does this really need to be done by you? Um, and starting to prioritise what you've got on. Um, sometimes, we, like particularly in the workplace, you know, things we do things just because they're historical, not necessarily because they're they're adding value right now. So we want to start to really taking that lens of what's going on, um, and then we want to triage it, and we want to to really for you to put that ranking on it. Is it essential? Is it a nice to have? Is it a is it a just a should do or a could do? And we really start to focus in on what's really important, and making time and scheduling that in as the priority. Um, and I like to create to-don't lists and it's very freeing, right? We're not going to be doing this. And so if you're not going to be doing it, then who can we ask to, to support you to do that if it still needs to be done? Can we pay someone to do it? Can we outsource it? Um, and what's so taking responsibility for your side of the street and now we're going to invite in and be open to others helping you um, or just drawing a line in the sand and having healthy boundaries uh, so that somebody else can take care of their stuff. And then that's around that being discernment. So coming back to that B reference again, I want you to start being discerning, um, being open to, to asking and inviting in help. And we've got to build in self-care. Um, we've talked about it before is that you cannot, continue to sustain operating at these levels and being your peak at peak performance level if you are not committing to practices that nurture your mind body and spirit and then finally like changing the way that you think about and talk about stress in your life and I'm saying this as much as a reminder to myself as anyone today when you get up and you hear yourself saying things like, oh, my God, I'm so busy today. I've got so much on my plate. You know, it triggers a stress response the way we in the body. And so without even knowing it, we've, we're telling the body, get, get ready for a, a big day. And it floods the body with all those, those chemicals that get it ready to put it into that stress state, which is great when we're living in ancient times and we're going off to fight saber-toothed tigers and or lift cars off children, but we don't need it. Um, and it's ageing and it's depleting the body of energy stores. So we want to talk to the body in ways that let it know it's okay, we've got this, we're going to take care of you, we're going to build in a break at the end of the day, you know, um, just letting it know that we're going to look after it. And we're going to get through this. So I find self-talk really soothing. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's maybe an underrated tool in our toolkit. I couldn't agree more. And it's, a, it's something that's reasonably straightforward for people to be able to start to be aware of. It doesn't cost anything. It takes that mm. of mind just to be able to do that kind of third-person perspective on what am I saying? Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. What did I just say? And yes. that's positive self-talk and identifying so much of the negative self-talk that yeah. people give themselves is incredible. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I mean, we've probably, you know, all heard the saying, you know, um, talk to yourself like you would to your best friend. And and the way we kick ourselves when we're down um, or we haven't completed something to our highest standards or our level of perfection, you know, the way we talk to ourselves is really appalling at times. And it's, so it's starting to catch and I still do it. I found myself doing it this week. Oh, my God, you've got so much on. How are you going to get through this? And, you know, you feel the spiral start. And so it's about learning to catch yourself and being aware when in those moments hello we need a little bit of a mindset check here and yeah just continually checking back in with you um, and just letting yourself know that you're going to be okay and um, I remember seeing a, um, a hypnotist once get somebody up on stage um, and under hypnosis they bit into um, a raw onion and the belief that was created that it was a juicy apple, you know, at the suggestion of the hypnotist. And this person quite happily ate that onion without a wince or, or a looking like it was affecting them at all. And so I always come back to that in terms of the power of the mind is that we can plant the suggestions that we're okay, that this is manageable, that it's, it's going to get better, that there's an end in sight, that all is really well. And um, I think it's really powerful. I think incredibly powerful. Yeah, absolutely. You've mentioned uh, in one area I looked at walk your talk as one of your approaches. Tell us a little bit about that. Ah, yes. So I created the walk your talk sessions um, not only because I love being out in nature and I know it's beautiful healing properties that can come um, and even for people that can't get out in nature, the studies have shown that even if you're visualising that you're out in nature, it can have the same beneficial um, physiological response as actually being out in nature. But also um, studies have shown that the act of walking and the, the crossover movement of the arms and the legs actually helps the right and the left side of the brain to um, activate, um, reactivate and come back together and work together because when we're stressed, the corpus callosum, in, corpus callosum in the brain freezes and comes up like a wall so we can't access our, our reason, logic and emotion. Um, and so what I love about the walk your talk sessions which are predominantly in nature is that it allows for a collegiate approach to problem solving that isn't just sitting on a couch necessarily where somebody feels like they're um, you know in an office and and tell us about yourself so it creates that beautiful environment for somebody to start making those connections for themselves um, in a way that's that's not always the traditional sit down and you know, talking about problems as such. Um, and it's, a, so yeah, the, the, the nature and at the moment, obviously for my face-to-face, -face, it's a really good way to keep people um, safe. And so it's just, a, it's a win-win really. And I'm a big believer in walking your talk. And so, you know, I can't stand here and preach these things if I'm not always doing them myself. And so it's a reminder that, that you know, we need to be role modelling what it is that we're what we're selling and mm -hmm. as such uh, it's important to to role model your values it's important to role model your passions and and the way of living and, and that's just a way of um, drawing all of that together neatly into these these sessions that i love so much fantastic that's just wonderful and the importance of movement i'm so glad you drew that out there so so many times 
if you think about, if the listeners want to think about fight and flight, it is fight, flight and freeze. Um, so the capacity to move allows your brain, yeah, to re-engage and to think and to access parts that you have shut yourself off from. So thank you. Yes. That's a great, great, great way of doing this. Brilliant. I haven't heard anybody do that before. So congratulations. Thank you. At the moment, everybody is just in heightened alert. My experience of dealing with people is that the pessimists are going more pessimistic. The optimists are going more optimistic. Everybody just seems to be diverging, not converging in terms of their approach and their emotions with current situations. What's your thinking on that? And do you have any advice to offer people to help them recognize if they may be going into that space that's not supporting them? It's a really good question, actually. And I, and I had this discussion with a client um, yesterday in actual fact and what I actually believe is so you know rather than you've obviously got the people that have got the glass half full and the glass half empty kind of approaches which people default to people go back to their default positions in times of stress which is probably what we're seeing happen here um, and so it's the deepest sense of programming that people are defaulting to and that's why we want to do that work to start shifting that programming and becoming aware of it and making shifts into reprogramming, reframing um, into more sustainable ways of operating and viewing the world, A, eh? <laughs> and that's one layer. I mean, I guess the other layer of it is, is that I'm always encouraging to people to believe is that I'm a big believer in that we are not we are spiritual beings having a, a human experience and as part of that human experience we are having we experience the the full gamut of emotions um, from sadness despair frustration anger right up to joy passion love freedom all those the good things and we are not one or the other we are holistically as human beings programmed to experience all of that the difference, I guess, in terms of the work that I do is helping people acknowledge that, we, A, we can't just go from radio station, um, you know, things are crap, Bill, to screaming, you know, uh, shouting with joy and glee and doing a happy dance in the street. It's too far a divergence in terms of the radio frequency. Um, but we can make little shifts so that we want to keep just moving up that emotional scale um, so that we can access those higher level sort of vibrations and, and feel good emotions. And there are things that we can do to do to, to move that station. So as human beings, we're all hardwired to go there, particularly in times of stress, but it's how long we hang around there that's the choice factor. And so we want to find things that bring us joy, that help uplift our energy, mood and mindset that, and taking care of ourselves and doing that self-care and doing that personal reflection and shifting mindsets. They're all the things that can help us take that journey and stay longer in that higher frequency because as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it's when we're in that those higher levels of frequency and, and ways of operating that we can notice and take advantage of synchronicities and the little signs from the universe and just to enjoy our, on a very basic level, enjoy our lives more. And, and we're not just here to suck air and suffer, um, being my mantra. We, we are here to, to live joyful and balanced lives is, is my core belief these days. 
So what kind of simple daily practices could you suggest for somebody at this point who's recognising I'm stuck in the busyness, the busyness is preventing me from addressing what I really need to address in my life. I recognise that now I use it as a, a deterrent or distraction. Distraction, yes. Yeah. Um, what kind of things can allow people to come back to themselves and start that journey of exploration? I think it's going to differ for, for each person, depending on whether you're a morning person or a nighttime person or whatever stage of life you're at, whether you're in a marathon season or a sprint season, you know, the strategy um, will change and I will often work with people in coaching sessions we come up with a tailored strategy for where they are in their life right now but in general terms um, it's really stripping things back to what's really important and it's those strategies that I mentioned earlier about really taking stock of where you are and building in the time to do that and so if you're schedule is jam-packed this week i'd be getting ahead in your schedule to to build this in so what's next week looking like what's the week after looking like we're going to build in those blocks so i get in and just block out chunks of time for you so that no one else can get in your diary and block that out and so prioritizing you to sit with a cup of tea to reflect on what's going on to start to do that prioritizing process start stripping it back, start getting things off your plate that's no longer relevant, no longer necessary. And to start looking at ways to, like the old concept of multitasking is, is dead. Where you know studies have shown that we are not effective when we're doing a hundred different things at once, and as women, we we are really skilled at multitasking. And again, it's one of those things that we probably pride ourselves on being. I know I do. We can juggle a hundred balls at a time, but we're not at our most effective. So single tasking is the way to go in terms of efficiency and effectiveness and getting things done. So putting your phone on silent, whatever you're doing for whatever period of time you've got. Just commit to being present with that activity or that person. So forget the washing that's going to come when you're, you know, on your work task, you set your timer and you, you block into that, that period of time. And then when it's time to move on to something else, you're fully engaged and present with that person or that activity or task until it's done. And you start to build up this sense of clearness in the mind. And so uh, the soul coaching philosophy is about decluttering the mind the body and the spirit and the world around us the world that you live in and so like never underestimate the power of taking some time to clean out your handbag clean up your desk um, clean up a room that's been bothering you like just letting go of old stuff is really powerful um, and that's and then journaling can come in and that's where you can help to declutter your emotions declutter those thoughts that you weren't really aware, sort of sit behind this busyness. And look, I wish everyone in the world had access to a coach. I've worked with coaches, you know, since my 30s. It's been one of the greatest gifts to me when um, I started working with coaches, both in the workplace and in my personal life, to shine that light on those blind spots um, and to to be your cheerleader, but to also to push you to do more than you would do on your own in terms of looking at those old limiting beliefs, why you do things, how you show up, 
and, and inviting you to look at things from a different perspective can be really powerful and freeing. Like I like to get my hands dirty, both helping people practically as well as the mindset piece. I mean, they go hand in hand. We, we can't have the best mindset in the world and then be bogged down in the practical reality of living. It'd be great if we could all go off and sit on a mountain and chant and pray all day because, you know, um, <laughs> that'd be quite easy to stay in a Zen-like state. But the reality is, is that we live in a modern world and we have responsibilities and things we need to do. And so it's about recognising that and finding the ways to marry the, the spiritual aspects and the mindset piece with the practical things that are going to help set you up for success in your life and in your relationships and in your career. So many pointers there. Oh, I know. Sorry, I got on a bit of a roll. (laughs) Really, really important. And one little piece that snuck in there was the marathon versus the sprint. So just having people recognize that, you know, life is a marathon. You can do sprint for a short period, but you can't do sprint as a marathon. It doesn't work. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just the body will give up. Um, And you also mentioned journaling. We've had many of our um, guests so far have mentioned some form of journaling or keeping um, diaries. And last week, um, Monica, who I interviewed, mentioned that she actually used her journal when she was feeling low or down and felt like she wasn't moving forward. And therefore, it's also an amazing resource, I think, going back when you think, ah, I'm not doing this well enough. I haven't actually got anywhere and you can go back and look back at journals and see how things were. And yeah. look, I've come all this way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, yeah, they're kind of like a, it's a time capsule, isn't it? Um, though having said that, um, periodically when I feel like I've moved past an issue, it can be actually quite cathartic to shred, release, burn, yeah, um, you know, safely burn if you're in a, a place where you can do that without setting the smoke alarms off or causing issues. But um, that's kind of like a, sh- a snake shedding its skin. Okay, we've been there, we've done that, we've divested it out, um, and it can be part of that decluttering. And so there can be, depending on where someone's at, it can be something to think about letting go of the old, old journals, which reflect a place that you've moved on from. And if we think about um, all the different indigenous cultures, they didn't have a pile of clutter. You know, if they were nomadic, you weren't going to cart all that stuff around with you. And as we do, we sit in our houses surrounded by a lifetime of things that have meaning. But if you're trying to move on and be a different person and reset and develop new beliefs, then those things really are anchors that hold you, hold you back, prevent you moving forward, imagine. And stuff, just stuff is, is energetically draining. So having to crap everywhere in cupboards and open the cupboard door and everything falls out and, you know, it just represents, you know, old bills that either haven't been paid or are just like we just don't need stuff. So it's about, it's very freeing, especially particularly relevant we've just hit spring in australia and you know it's the perfect time to you know do a spring clean of your stuff both internally and externally and just move forward for a fresh start beautiful 
There are some wonderful resources as well on your website, which we'll speak about in a moment. Um, but also your to don't list. Mm -hmm. Yes, you've got that available on the website for people to be able to. So I've got um, a couple of free resources. So the weekly planner, which people can um, subscribe to to receive as a, as a printable PDF is available at www.illuminatelife.com.au. Um, I also have a template which enables people to do that brain dump and then to triage the to-do list process. And yes, they can also receive a template that helps them to start compiling their to-don't list. But to be honest, like whether you have that resource or not, just taking a piece of paper and brain dumping it all out and using your own form of, um, it's very freeing. This is something I'm not going to be doing. Um, whether it be a habit or just a task or an activity, um, it could be a way of being that you're not going to do anymore. Um, and that's, you know, taking on too much and we're going to letting go of over-responsibility. We're letting go of taking on other people's stuff. We're letting go of picking up other people's slack. And what we are going to do is, you know, just take responsibility for our side of the street and looking after ourselves so that we can continue to be the highest service of others for those that can't do it for themselves. Wonderful. And to, to have enough energy left in the tank at the end of each day to spend time with our family, our interests, our joys and the things that light us up, which is how we live a balanced and meaningful life in my personal experience. And where we get the energy from to go again. Absolutely, yeah. Mel, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Please tell the listeners how they can find you, find out more about you, engage with you. Um, yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure um, being here today. So if anyone would like to hmm, dive a little bit more into what my services are, how I might be able to assist them on their personal journey. Um, they can check out my website at www.illuminatelife.com.au um, or I'm also sharing valuable content on Instagram and LinkedIn so they can check out Mel Brody on LinkedIn and illuminate underscore life on Instagram. And, um, yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone that sort of resonates with the sorts of things that we've been covering today and um, I'd love to assist them to unravel um, their joys, their loves, their passion and help them to remember who they really are and what they came here to do. Brilliant. Thank you. I encourage everybody to have a look at Mel's various resources, her website and social media posts. They're very insightful and very useful. Thank you again. Thank you, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please rate, review and recommend us to others. And I look forward to being with you again in another week's time. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. If this is a message that resonates with you, make sure that you check out the link in the description and subscribe to get more insight on Mindset for Health, Tales of Extraordinary People.